Family Church Podcast, a fun, sometimes intellectual conversation about the church and the comings and goings of the congregation here at Living Word. I'm the man behind the board and one of your hosts, Zach Bensel. Joining me today, as always, a builder of bridges both physically and spiritually, Pastor Scott Millis. Hey, tell me about these bridges I built. <laughs> well, Especially the physical ones, us. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I just assumed. <laughs> I just assumed. You used to be a bridge builder, right? And also a man of many talents, Matt Kreider. Hey, welcome everybody. Hey. How's it going, guys? And you might also hear in the background the birds outside Ooh, our window. Just, it is, is a going? It's lovely gorgeous. day. Man. Spring done sprung, everybody. And, uh, Spring done sprung. And we're not mad about it. No. We're not, except as I was remarking open. as we were warming up here, uh, we went from things are starting to look green to it's time to mow in approximately 24 hours, uh, which is good because we got a little uh, side hustle, mowing business, me and my son. Side hustle. There you go. Side hustle. You don't know about the. Ch- you guys don't know about the churchyard, do you? No, no. Oh, not here. okay, gotcha. No, and that's no, an airplane. <laughs> and that's an airplane. <laughs> that? Yeah. yeah, we got today's broadcast brought to you by the sounds of nature. <laughs> yes. And aerodynamics. <laughs> <laughs> the, the aerospace oh, industry. So how's everything been going? What's new? Oh wow. Oh. Everything's good. Galatians is good. Oh, Galatians series was re- message on Sunday was phenomenal. By the wow. way, it was really good. Hey, thanks. I even heard some compliments of it, and I wasn't even the one that preached it. I mean, I just hear <laughs> hear people talking. You know, yeah, just like yeah. you know, that was a really, really good message. So it's very. It's a really good book. It's a good letter. You know, it's a it's an easy one. It's one of those uh, that practically preaches itself. Sometimes the temptations get up there. You know what? I'm just going to read this book to you. Right. <laughs> uh, good old story time that. with Pastor Scott. That's right. That's right. But no, it was a very, it was a really good series. Now, did you say you were, you were, did you wrap up this Sunday? Well, I, I finished, um, technically finished going through the book. It's a short book. And of course we could have spent longer on it, but I was cognizant of the fact that we are coming up on, uh, Palm Sunday and yes. Easter. And I, I do typically preach a Palm Sunday specific message and certainly a, a resurrection Sunday message. But I do think I'm going to use, uh, Galatians kind of as a bridge so kind of one more bonus galatians message uh, for palm sunday uh to introduce the resurrection we'll talk a little bit about that today if that's all right oh absolutely um we've got the um good friday service coming up Yes. Uh, oh, yes. A week from Community Friday. service. Community, Community service. service, correct, with uh, two other churches in town. The Methodists and the Church of Christ will be joining us. Uh, Pastor Gene Turner from the Methodist Church will be bringing the word. I've only heard him speak once, and it was at a community Thanksgiving service here, and it was really Was good. he the most recent community uh, Thanksgiving? Uh, n- well, the most recent one here. Oh, okay. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we, he uh, spoke at Baccalaureate last year, too. Yes, he did. Yes. Um, I guess I did hear him speak there, The, the I, I, and I don't remember that message to be honest i, I remember the one he spoke here and it, yeah. man, he was talking about the holy ghost and everything else he yeah a, uh, a good speaker i'm looking forward to that uh and I, I always just look forward to being with the other believers in town even if uh, we don't yeah. see eye on everything it's it's always good to remember the the things that we, that Ab- we do hold absolutely in absolutely and so if yeah, you're in the community and not part of those churches you're still more than welcome to come absolutely. out for good friday 7 p.m right, right? yes 7, 7 p.m, 7 p.m. yeah and and the service won't be a long one. I, I'm, I'm anticipating an hour, and then we'll hang out. We'll have some yeah, snacks. Yeah, we've got snacks and, and cookies and stuff afterward. like that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Which, 
I enjoy too. Just getting to kind of the snacks and cookies. Yeah, I, do, I love the snacks. But no, just getting <laughs> oh, to, yeah. just to mingle and hang out exactly. and just kind of talk yeah. to with the fellow believers. And uh, and hey, let me just say this: since I know that the uh, majority of our listening audience are living word people, if you come to that, I'd really encourage you to come to that. Please look around for people you don't know to sit with and oh, fellowship yeah. with afterward. Maybe you see a familiar face, but you don't know them. You know, be bold enough to go up and absolutely. And not, we're not trying to steal them for our congregation, but just uh, just to extend the right hand of fellowship to them. And, and let me jump right in here with both feet, if you don't mind, and talk about this. I just mentioned one of the things I like is to fellowship with believers who might come from uh, different backgrounds and traditions, yep. and it's nice to focus on the things we have in common. We live in a world, though, as you guys are aware, because we kick this around often, sometimes in our pre-podcast discussion and sometimes just in our conversation when we're away from the podcast table. But uh, if you pay attention at all to the oh, the culture, the philosophical slash religious culture we're living in today, the emphasis, there is so much emphasis on can we all just get along? Mm. Can we all just recognize that? Can we just focus on what we have in common and right. ignore the things we have different? And and again, when we're talking about Christians breaking bread around the same table, we can do that. And certainly, there's nothing wrong as members of the family of humanity. You know, we're not all children of God, but we all are part of the human family. We can certainly find things to to fellowship and agree about, but we can only take that so far. This right. idea, and, and, and what is fresh on my mind, somebody shared something with me this morning. I was, I was listening to it. It was actually a video clip, and I won't say even who was saying this, let alone who he was talking about. But he, uh, how a guy, a, a, a well-known, very widely uh, listened to minister, was saying to this guy how he had had a conversation or a meal with, uh, with a Muslim Muslim scholar, Muslim leader of some kind, and he said he was very encouraged because he uh, had did not realize up until then just how much Christians and Muslims had in common in terms of their belief. And uh, wow, now we can. And I'm not. I'm not a, an expert on Islam. I know they believe in mercy. They believe in charity. They believe in fasting. They believe in prayer. They believe in one God. But what is it what are the specific beliefs that make christianity christianity and what it comes down to is is jesus right. who he said he was uh, said he is did he die on the cross and did he rise from the dead right and is that our only hope? Because those are the central claims of christianity right, right. does christianity encourage mercy almsgiving prayer right. fellowship Absolutely, but uh, those are not the core message of Christianity. Right. And anybody that says that, that that is the core message of Christianity does not understand Christianity. We are coming up on, uh, hands down, the most important, uh, a celebration of the most important event, the central event of the Christian faith, which is the resurrection. We're not going to talk a lot about that today. Because between now and then is Palm Sunday. Between now and then is Good Friday. There is no Christianity without the resurrection. But sometimes we got to remember there is no resurrection without the crucifixion. Right. Right. And this is one of the things. This isn't a 
polemic on Islam or, or against Islam or anything. I'm just saying one of the major differences is not just that they elevate Muhammad above Jesus Christ, but they say that Jesus never died. Now, that would be something, wouldn't it? Because, and, and, the, and looking back, had Jesus not died, had the crucifixion not taken place or had it failed, and Jesus just disappears for a while and they assume he's dead, and then he surprises them by showing up and saying, guess what? I never died. They would be rejoicing at that time in that moment. Uh, it wouldn't have been good for Christianity, and Christianity wouldn't have taken hold. It would, it would have fizzled because it was the belief in the resurrection that caused Christianity to spread oh, gosh, in the yeah. first place. Had he not died, those disciples of his who were living at that time would have been overjoyed. But had he not died, they could not claim the resurrection. Right. Uh, so and he would have never sent the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. That's right. right. That's right. And so when people say, all right, so you put a lot of emphasis on believing in the resurrection, but the fact is Christianity did survive and Christianity does have these values. Can't, isn't it still okay to focus on what's right with these other religions? And that interestingly enough, I was just reading again uh, today. It showed up. There's a, a guy that I, I don't follow him, but he's, he, he's a fairly active poster uh, on, on at least Facebook. It's the only social media I really look at. So, I can't speak to whether he's on Twitter or Instagram or anything else, but this is a guy that I, uh, I went to, uh, officer school with and he stayed in, it was a career guy, retired as a Colonel, but he is, uh, the high point of his career, really the, the defining portion of his career was he served as a battalion commander of an infantry battalion in, uh, Iraq for 15 months during in part of the most violent areas and during some of the most violent times of that oh. of that uh, conflict, he lost eighteen men in his battalion, oh, uh, wow. in just his battalion. And uh, but they did a lot. I mean, they captured a lot of leaders. They they killed a lot of uh, people in the act of planting explosives, things like that. Very successful tour of duty, not just for him as the commander, but for this unit. They got a lot of citations, a lot of awards. And on uh, what I was reading today was a reposting of his long letter to family, friends, people who had he'd been in touch with in, on the Facebook world, thanking them for their support, for their prayers, and just kind of a uh, again for for a, it wasn't a it wouldn't be pages and pages if you're reading it in a book, but it was a long post for Facebook, just kind of a recap of his 15 months there. Not just his, but his battalions. And here are the two things that popped off the page at me. He said, we accepted this mission. Come and squash the evil that has hijacked your peaceful religion. And we've been successful in doing that. We've gained the trust of the local police and military, blah, blah, blah. And then later on comes back. It makes me mad what they did to your beautiful religion. Now... We could launch from there and talk about, is Islam a peaceful religion? Is it a beautiful religion? And you could make certainly just from the headlines and just from, uh, you want to take, you want to quote uh, pieces of the Quran that maybe you've heard or read that demonstrate that it's not peaceful, that it's violent, that it's not beautiful, that it's ugly. That's not, that's not my point. My point is not, is it beautiful? My point is not, is it peaceful? My point is, is it true? Right. That's right. the thing. When, when, if you can show, because I, I have no way of combating the claim that 85% of Muslims want to live in peace with the rest of the world, with Christians, with Jews even. 
that's not i'm not going to try to say that's not true i haven't done the research i have no doubt that there are muslims at least nominal muslims who want to live just like your average american lives right here in america they have no beef with democracy they have no beef with christianity that's not the point the point is as we that we as believers if we are going to seek common ground and fellowship that's one thing but we cannot extend that to the ridiculous assumption that since we all want to get along, we all believe the same thing. Right, it's right. Because yep. if Christianity is true, then Islam is false. Right. If Christianity is true, Hinduism is false. Buddhism, Buddhism is false because these things, as you know, are mutually exclusive. And it's okay to say that. And it doesn't mean we have to constantly be, uh, be railing about that. It just means when the discussion settles down around the religion itself, we have to acknowledge those things or it's right. just foolish. And it's dangerous if you don't think it through and if you just get up and all you want to say, if you are a, pos- a position of great influence, and all you're going to say about it is say, you know what, they're really nice people and we have a lot more in common uh, than we don't. What's that saying to people who, who are looking to you as the leader and teacher? There's a, there's a great deal of responsibility there. Now, do yeah. you think a lot of people say those kind of things like, oh, all religions are basically the same or, oh... You know, there's only a, you know, only a handful of a percent, you know, take this religion hijack or whatever the case right. is. Do you think people are saying that just to kind of sound nice because they're so, they don't want to seem overbearing. They don't want to seem, do you know what I mean? Like, well, sure. Like just the best of intentions trying to, hey, I'm a nice person, so I'm not going to criticize your religion. Do, I do you feel like I like, hear that more from people who don't subscribe to any religion. I don't know if it, that's you guys, but I feel like I hear that argument more from people who don't have any religion at all. Okay. Well, and, I, I, and, I, and I hear what you're saying. I think right. I think you're right about yeah. that. But there, I don't think there's any shortage of people who would claim to be Christians, but who would say, "But don't take that to mean that I don't believe your your right. take on your 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 take on religion is right. valid because right. true for you, true for me. We right. both love each other. We right. both believe in peace and harmony. What's the difference? There's a huge difference. Uh, and, and, but I think where you're getting at. And what I see along that line is this, that people, because of the way they were raised, maybe they have enough truth to still be loyal to their belief in Christianity. But what they want to do is distance themselves of a caricature that's been painted by the media. Well, since I'm a Christian, but since you think a Christian is a bigoted, intolerant, hateful individual, you need to know that I'm not. Right. Right. And then then they just step back too far. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this is what I wanted. This is why I brought my Bible. I wanted to share this verse. I read a little bit longer passage Sunday, but this is right in the middle of, of Paul's letter to the Galatians. And he says this in chapter 3, verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This is at the center of what we believe. If we believe that Christianity, this is what Paul is hanging his whole argument on. This is the guy who founded these churches right. on certain truths, and this is the one he points to. He doesn't even talk about the resurrection right here. He says he's upset because the Jews are bringing the law into them and saying, here's what you have to do to be a Christian. And Paul said, you believed. You came to Christ. You came to faith because I preached Christ 
crucified. crucified. Yeah. The death of Jesus was the, his death. His crucifixion was at the center of his gospel. Right. We know he doesn't. We know that Paul doesn't leave Jesus in the grave. The res, he understands of all people the power of the resurrection, but he also understands as we need to understand this whole thing. And the reason he puts it there, why why is he focusing on the death and not the resurrection? Because the law. Right. They're bringing yeah. in the law, and he's saying no. Jesus' death put finished the law. Exactly. It didn't it didn't declare the law evil. It simply fulfilled it. Right. He died. Why did he die if it wasn't to fulfill the law? And now you want to resurrect the law rather than live in resurrection life and power. So this is the, and so that's why these differences matter. Well, why does it re- does it really matter? Can't you be a good person, a, a loving person, a good citizen without believing that Jesus died? Yeah, you can. You just can't be saved. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and there's so much of the and I think and back to your point, Zach, I think this particular thing comes from a lot of not amoral, but a religious people, people who don't subscribe to any religion who say, well, why can't we just be good for goodness sake? You know what I mean? Yeah. In fact, even seeing those signs on, and I've read articles about this, you know, signs and billboards and cities and stuff like this, you know, like around Christmas time. Be good for why, goodness Be sake. good for goodness sake. Why does it have to be tied Bro- to Jesus? Brought or to you tied by to the religion? American atheists. Yes, right, exactly. Right. Be good for goodness sake. And so people are going to say that, you know, why, why does, why does religion have to be tied to, you know, yeah. uh, my morals or my, uh, um, me wanting to live a good life? Why does that even matter? Right. And what would you say to that? Well, and, and, and I, the only... <laughs> Without opening up too big of a can of worms. Well, yeah, just... And I don't have to open up a big can. It's just I have to give credit where credit's due. I've listened to Ravi for so many years, and that really yeah. is the point he hits better than anybody else, which is if you want to talk about goodness for goodness sake, if you want to talk about leading a moral life apart from God, you are really stuck because you have to start by defining defining what good and moral right. means. Right, yes. Yeah. Uh, and this is the this is the culture where we live in. A, well, we live in a, a place, a time and place where words themselves uh, are declared to only mean one thing at a time, depending on what the speaker means. There's yes. no objective truth. Right. Well, and so the the formula goes. You know, if uh, if there's such a, do you believe there's such a thing as evil? Yes. Well, if you believe there's such a thing as evil, there has to be something, uh, uh, such a thing as good. Yes. If there are good and evil, there has to be a moral law on the basis of which we distinguish between good and evil. And everybody's on board up to that point. Right. Because, all right, what's, it, because if you don't, if you don't acknowledge that, then you get these idiotic uh, conversations where you say, is it okay? Is it ever okay for me to do? And you name some ridiculous, I think when Ravi makes this argument, he says, would, how would you feel if I chopped up a, 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 a baby on stage with an ax? Would you say that's an evil thing? And well, the guy's already committed himself to saying there's no such thing as objective good and evil. So he answers, right. well, I wouldn't like it, but I couldn't say it was evil. Of course it's evil. <laughs> right. Everybody right. knows it's right. evil. Okay? See, and, here, and that's where we fall in. I mean, that's perfectly pertinent what you're talking about because right. the abortion debate. We there talked about go. this with Greta last week. We're we're now well, states are now okaying it that if a baby is born alive, you can go ahead and let it die because uh, that's convenient for the mother or whoever. Yeah, that's the same thing. It's this. It's this. There's no such thing as as you know a, a, a definitive truth. Right. And so it's my truth is my truth. Your truth is your truth. And live, let live. And don't, you know what I mean? I mean, we're, it's we're, just. We're right. not just changing the definition of right and wrong. We're changing the definition of life yes. so we can shoehorn these yes. policies. In. Yes. So definitions are changing. Nothing is set in stone anymore. Right. Nothing is absolutely true. Right. Nothing is absolutely false. Nothing. Do you see what I mean? Right. It's sure. just completely 
completely unmooring our society from the foundations of truth that it was built on. And when you do that, things crumble. Things fall apart. There's no foundation anymore. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and the final step in that argument, if, there, if there's such thing as evil, such thing as good, such thing as good, uh, there's a moral law on the basis of which dif- differentiate between good and evil. If there's a moral law, there's what? There's a moral law giver. Because yeah. moral law is just, this is not a natural, you can't attribute the moral law to natural forces like gravity or anything like that. They are there because somebody put them there. Right. They are matters of conscience. They are matters of language. They are, they are matters of how we as people respond to what we should innately know. But innately is just a, a pretty handy word to throw around when you're talking about concepts like moral law. Somebody gave us those moral laws. Right. And that's a moral law giver. And by definition, that's God. Right. There was uh we did a series in youth group, it was a video series. Do you remember that, Matt? And it I talked about everything. <laughs> but uh it was Stephen A. Stoner, is that correct? Am I getting uh, that nope. name right? No. Uh, you talking about the one where it was kinda of like a class setting? Yes. Yes, that was one of my favorites. Watch um, uh, Myers. Myers. Oh, Myers. sure, sure. His last name was Myers. Geneticist, Meyer. right? Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. But he's like a professor like at Cambridge or something like that. And he was doing it was it was really more geared towards college students or or kids going into college, but we did it in youth group, and you know, it was just kind of one. It was one of those series. We don't do a ton of them where I know the the seventh and eighth graders and maybe freshmen might have a little time keeping up, but you know, just kind of pull them along for the ride kind of thing because it was the topics that we talked about were pretty, I can call highbrow, but just it was a lot to follow. Sure. Um, but oh my gosh, it was absolutely absolutely amazing. I've even copied that. I've even copied that right or wrong. I apologize. I've even copied that off onto a flash drive. And and giving it to students who are like, you know, I don't really believe in religion. You know, I like to believe in science. Um, <laughs> hey, here's a here's a right. fun concept for you. Those two are not mutually exclusive. That's right. And one of the one of the things um, that I love, one of the quotes, actually, it's not his quote. He, but I don't remember who he attributed it to. But um, Professor Meyer was saying how you know through all the ages, you know, all these scientists are, are working hard to disprove God. They get to the top of their mountain and find. The theologian was there all along. That's right. Like, that's you know, right. Oh, I love it. I just, yeah. it was, it's too, <laughs> yeah. but I'm sorry, Zach, what were you going to say? Well, about? just what I was going to say, I mean, when we watched that in youth group, I really liked it because it was such, I mean, it started right at the beginning. It, it's an apologetics course is yes, what it is, much, but it started yeah. right at the beginning is answering all these questions like, um, how could the universe come into existence, all this stuff. And he would just take it step by step and is like, okay, well, we've established that there would have to be a creator to the universe. Is it this kind of a creator? Is it this kind of creator, yep, et cetera? Yep. And then it goes into the moral law, too. It's like, how can you have morality if you don't have someone Absolutely. to That's give that right. morality? Absolutely. So, and yeah. he, and yeah. he talks about the – and one of the other interesting things is um, the fine-tuning of our planet yes. and just all the different things. And there's like 40-some – I don't remember. There's a ton. Yeah, the different list things, has grown longer in the last Longer and longer years, yeah. as, as they discover more and right. do more. You know, like gravity has to be – a certain stat, you know, everything has the to Earth be has to be a very it's a very narrow band of survivability in terms of its distance from the sun. Right. Oh, right. Not only yeah. that, the distance between our sun and other stars, all of these things create yes. these, these uh again there's it and it's all so the survivability factor yep. is so small and, and he, just one of these parameters and, is off. And he goes into crazy detail talking about how human beings came to be. Not, and, and other animals as well, but he focuses obviously right. more on humans, like how our, our proteins and our cells are held together. And he's like, 
this it, it's a st- statistical impossibility for yeah. this just to come about over random chance because he was kind of he's kind of weighing against Darwin's theory. Uh, yeah. uh, and 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 I've seen this more and more too. More and more people, more and more scientists are coming out and saying Darwin didn't know enough to come up with this theory. This was right. from what he knew. This made it made decent sense, sure, because we didn't know cell structure and we didn't know all these other things and all these minute right. details right. of um, uh, genetics and all this other stuff that we know now. Darwin right. just simply didn't have that. He didn't have the knowledge, and now and now we do, or at least to a greater extent. Sure. Obviously, we're always gaining knowledge, but um, anyway, sorry, Michael Bayhe. Got Bayo? Sorry, what would you? <laughs> <laughs> Michael Bayhe's a, a professor at. Uh, Lehigh University. So he's, he's a world class uh, biochemist. Bio, biomechanics is what he studies. Uh, he's the author of uh, probably several books now, but uh, I was introduced to him in a book years ago called Darwin's Black Box, and that's the oh, point I've heard he of makes. And, and this is a guy who subscribes, or at least did at the time of authoring Black Box, to the notion of common descent, which is, you know, Darwin's contributions. But he said that he still can't. Uh, he absolutely believes there's a creator. Now it says we, we're not going to get into this today. You know, old Earth versus young Earth, right. you know, guided evolution, whatever. His whole point, though, is that one that Darwin's theory made sense at the time, but Darwin didn't have the tools we have today. Notably, he didn't have an electron microscope, and it's so it makes so much sense. It really does to say it starts with simple life and progresses and evolves into more complicated life. The problem is the simplest life forms are anything but simple. Sim- right, they right. are too complicated yep. to have, to start there. And we yep. can't have a more simple starting point because there's nothing to bridge the gap from something simpler. Yeah. Uh, the irreducible complexity is the, is the term that he uses. And it's pretty compelling. Interesting. I don't even know how we got there. Well, how did we get there? Yeah, I don't know. It was probably my fault. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. We'll, we'll go ahead and blame that on Zach. But Patrick, you were talking about moral law and the moral law giver. Right. And, uh, and, where were we going with that? We started talking about, hey, can we all get along? Can we just focus yes, on what we all have Yes, that's what it was. And then it was, and, yeah, and that's right. And then it's a matter of, well, we have to start with what's truth. That's right. right. You know, truth. We talk about what's it. right and wrong and what's good and bad. And and, and that's what it was. Can, yeah. Why do I have to believe in anything yes. to be a good person? Yes. Well, you do. Yeah. Uh, because you're, you're, everybody's morals are rooted in something. And we need to find out if the thing that we are rooting our morals in. And that's another famous Ravi Zacharias quote. He says, I'm not saying an atheist can't be a good person, but there's no rationally compelling reason for them to be yep. good. Yep. And if right. somebody else who out of the goodness or badness of their own heart decides not to be, how do you argue against that right. without appealing to a higher law? Yep. So yep. somebody's right, somebody's wrong, no matter what you believe. Right. Uh, and the and the crucifixion to kind of bring this thing all the way around. If all we're going to focus on is God is love, and this is another, you know, we people do need to know that God is not a a a being that uh, is up there who delights in inflicting punishment. Right, right. Who can't wait to strike you down? His defining characteristic is love, which is another thing, by the way, that absolutely. Uh, differentiates between the Judeo-Christian concept of God and the Muslim version of God. Love right. reduces God in their mind to uh, makes him too human. Uh, but the Bible does say, and this is when it's going to get where we've got Ephesians to get through down the road. But after Ephesians, when we get into Colossians and we start talking about the wrath of God, wrath of God, but God is love. The wrath of God is going to be poured out on the sons of disobedience. What does that have to do with us? Well, there really is a wrath. God's wrath against sin. God's wrath against rebellion. The good news for us as believers 
is the crucifixion. Amen. Yes. Right. If we are right. in Christ, his wrath has already been poured out. The wrath that was meant for us has already been poured out on Christ. Right. And I, I think sometimes people focus, they choose to focus on one aspect that That's either right. meets their needs at the moment or something. Sure. It's like, you know, hey, I'm I'm feeling down on myself. I, I want to know that God is love right. and doesn't judge me for right. my mess ups, you know. That's right. And then, but you, but God has so many aspects. Yes, oh, gosh, he is yeah. perfect love, but he's also perfect justice. That's right. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, that's just, and right. so there, sin has to be judged. Right. There's right. no two ways about it. Sin has to be judged, but because of his love, yeah, he judged that sin through Jesus. Right. By the stripe, by Jesus' sacrifice. So that's we right. didn't have to suffer the wrath of God. That's right. You know, but sometimes people don't, they, they separate those two things. So either, either they don't want anything to do with God or religion because, oh, I've seen the Old Testament and God is a vengeful, evil, oh, hateful right, God or right. whatever. You know, why would I serve a God like that? Yeah. Or you can go, you can air the other side. Oh, God is love. So I can do anything I want to do because right. he's just going to love me all the time. Right. You know, yeah. and yet there's not, there's, there, there's a straight, narrow middle road right, right between That's those right. two. It's the perfect love. But also the perfect justice That's right. of I mean, God. Either way, it's just an oversimplification of what God is. You know, it's not right. God is both of those things, but He's so many more things. Right. I mean, right. It's like you say. I mean, it's He's love when you need love. He's justific. He's judgment when you kind of need you need to be spurred forward into yeah. the right thing. I mean, that's what it is. It's just so many things. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that'll be the title of my uh, Palm Sunday message. Yeah, which was which will focus on the crucifixion. I will take writer's uh, credit for that. Thank you very much. <laughs> the title will be the most judgmental act in history. Ooh, that is social That's media that. worthy. There you go. That catches people's eye. Cool. I like that. Ooh, yeah, that just oh. is very true. I want to catch people's eye. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Well, that about wraps up. Before we go, do you guys want to take a second, kind of share some of your favorite things before we go? Your favorite sure. things this past week? These Something you've been a digging. Few of my favorite things. <laughs> Um, Pastor Scott, why don't you take that one first? Or do you need a second to think? Cause um, I... You know what? <laughs> I'll say this. Uh, for all my ranting about hot weather and my the pleasure I take in cold weather in winter, you can never oh. be mad at the change of seasons yes. like this. And I don't want to hear anybody whining that we didn't have spring this year because we've had it for two days. <laughs> uh, we, and, and I'll tell you, you know, I love, I love working outdoors. I like shoveling snow for that matter, but man, I love the one thing I do love about the time of year, even if it means hot weather is getting down into the soil and, and, uh, you know, I love gardening. I love produce. It's like rewarding. That. It is always very Tur- rewarding. Turning over your stinky compost pile. That's <laughs> it. If you do it right, it doesn't stink. The stuff you put in that pile stinks, but it turns I've into something I've seen what you put in beautiful. that pile. I just do not touch it. <laughs> when it. When it composts down, you can taste it. And oh, it my God. Taste bad. <laughs> have you heard yeah. of home composting where you literally have a tub of... Yeah. Grabs worms and garbage and, and stuff that you put in, but the worms sure. and they just work it all yep. in. I'm like, yep. that's just that's a little too far. If you I, gen- I generate too much compostable trash to keep it there, I got to have it in a thing right, outside. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Do you just have a pile, or do you have one of those like mixer I rotators? I, have, I just got a rotator last year, I've, and and it's it's really too heavy on green stuff. I've been putting my food scraps in there all winter, and not enough carbon, you know, not enough brown stuff, dead leaves and things oh, like gotcha. that. I've, so I've got to empty that out into my compost heap and start mixing it in and uh you know 
get the right kind of weather and 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 you know tending to it it'll it'll be good compost in 10 weeks so wow that's very cool yeah right. it'll gardening. compost fast when the weather's right gardening tips from pastor scott there you that's go right. new segment idea <laughs> oh, what about you matt go. what's your favorite um, thing this past week gosh this past week well um the kids stayed over at ashley's mom and dad's so we got a we got a fun night. We t- actually we took a couple of students to um, the spring musical at the high school. Oh. Uh, it was a blast. We got to take a couple of students out to supper and went to spring musical. Well, a lot of fun because Ashley yeah. and I don't get the chance too often to do that together. Right. You know, I can take students out for lunch or meet them at the high school, or whatever. But just because of our schedule and stuff, it's not real often that Ashley and I get to do that. So that was a lot of fun. But then the next morning, we woke up and took a long walk. Went to Geschenk, got some coffee and a nice. little bit of breakfast, and it was just yeah, you know, it was fun. Cool. Just kind of sure. those because it was so gorgeous. It was just a nice to kind of have a. A peaceful walk and like you were youths again. Yes, yes. The wife Back of my when youth. you were youths. youths. So, Back when you were youths. youths. What about you, Zach? Oh man, uh, is it bad if I say the weather too? Because man, it I is just, bad. You can't do it. You can't do it. I can't. I, I can't. Do it. Pascal, <laughs> well, and you can't okay. talk about compost. It was either. kind of like weather and compost. So maybe I'll just be just weather. But no, I mean, really, that is just the thing. I mean, yesterday was so nice, and today it's so nice. I just, I love the weather. I'm like Scott. I like to get out and about. Um, especially we live out in the country, so I like to get out and do things. Yeah. I don't have as much time to do that anymore, but yeah. I like doing it. And I like Hashtag adulting. More, right? When it's outside. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, though, not not to be a downer, but there's been so much rain lately. Not flooding. Uh, you know, It's not like we just get you know four or five inches of rain all at once, but it's rained so often that the ground is saturated. And I was pointing this out to Riley yesterday because we were actually, we were picking up sticks in a couple of the yards we are going to be mowing here soon. And uh, I told him, I said, look, look how t- today was. It was warm. It was sunny. There was even a little bit of a breeze for a while. We had some rain the other day, what, the other night maybe. Yeah. I said, and it wasn't, it rained hard for a little bit, but it didn't get that much rain. Normally, a day like yesterday, the top dry of the ground would be yes. dry. Yeah. And it's not. It's Don't. still spongy. It's squishy. You can hear it when you're walking on it. And there wasn't, I never saw anything that looked like dry dirt where the dirt was exposed. It was very black and wet because there's no place for that water to go. It's yep. just the ground is so saturated. <laughs> and we really need a dry week yep. before we can start doing anything like tilling. Right. Or, yeah. yeah, we've got a bunch of yard a lot of yard cleanup and stuff to do at our house too. And once I get out in it, yeah. I, I can be out all oh, day. Yeah. I'm oh, fine yeah. with it. It's, it's just a matter the of, in and out stuff. I it's hate the in it's and out hot. stuff. Yeah. And it's also, well, not even just when it's hot, but just like, it's also like kind of, you know, if I'm inside working on something or whatever, I'm like, Oh, okay. I got to go out and do this, this and this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but once I get started, man, I can be outside all day oh, yeah. and just, you know, rocking it out. But, yep. uh, but I'm looking for, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. I'm not, I'm not necessarily looking forward to mowing. Mowing is not my favorite oh, I thing love mowing. because I help. I love mowing my house, but I help my dad out, and there's <laughs> oh, a lot. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of mowing that he and I do, and so it's it's a lot. But I'll it's just pop a pop my earplugs in and yeah, yeah. listen to listen. a podcast. It yeah. takes about four four and a half hours to mow our yard, so I get, oh, get yeah. a lot of listening That's done. True. So I love the open mowing. Oh yeah. Know, when Riley and I mow together, you're writing though, right? Yeah, we're writing. Yeah. See, I could yeah. I could mow eight hours riding a mower, no problem. Sure. But yeah. I when I help my dad, it's three and a half hours of weed eating. That's it. And my back my back doing. is like yeah. pretty tight at the end of that. So sure. it's just and my yard's push mowing. I don't do riding. I don't do ride mowing. I let my dad do the ride mowing because yeah. I'm a good son. 
Amen. And he's a good, good father. So anyway, so we can... <laughs> I had to throw that what in What you are. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Yeah. If you liked this episode, make sure to subscribe so you can get notified about our future episodes. Also, make sure to leave a review. Let us know how we're yeah. doing. And share it with your friends. Share it with your friends. Right Send any questions you may have or topics or anything to podcast at livingwordfamily.org. Thanks again for joining us, guys, on this episode of the Living Word Family Church Podcast. See you then. Bye. Thank you.